This is the IDP After Show. Keep, trade, cut. This ranking system is very commonly used in the fantasy industry to rank three players. Now, before we jump into this, I have to say, we're not actually telling you to keep, trade, or cut these guys because we're going to be talking about some quality players here, and I don't think you should be cutting all three of them. So before we actually get into which players we're talking about, I'd like to introduce my co-host for the day, Jeff, or Boo Bam. So Jeff, how you doing today, real quick, before we get into this? Doing well, Evan. Thank you. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm ready to talk about these guys, so let's go ahead and get right into it. And our first group of three is Marcus Davenport, Agbania Okoronkwo, and Arnold Ebiketti. To check out these rankings, we're actually using the Best Ball ADP sheet, which you can find in the IDP show draft kit. And all three of these players are edge rushers, two of them on new teams, but all three of them with some off-season changes that are impacting how we should value them. So I'm going to first talk about Agbania Okoronkwo. He's currently being drafted as the defensive line 63, compared to Marcus Davenport's defensive line 62, and Arnold Ebiketti's defensive line 64. And one of the things I really like about him is his pass rushing efficiency. He's now on the Cleveland Browns playing opposite Miles Garrett, and I fully expect him to be the number two there, getting a ton of snap volume. We've historically seen him be very effective with volume, and so I believe with this continued volume, we can see a lot of pass rush productivity and actually using that pass rush productivity uh, pff has a signature stat called pass rushing productivity where they rate a player's productiveness on pass rushing snaps relative to the amount of pass rushing snaps that they get and he scored re- pretty highly on that he got an 8.1 and guys at the top of the league are at about a 10 and guys at the bottom of the league are at about a four so just relatively speaking that's kind of where he where he grades. And while his run defense doesn't necessarily shape up to these other two guys as highly as you might like, best ball is all about upside. And I think Okoronkwo has a ton of upside. But Jeff, I'm curious what you think about Marcus Davenport here and how he compares. Um, Even though Marcus Davenport is being taken a spot higher than Chug, I feel that Davenport's uh, value is greatly suppressed right now because of the Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter still being there. Um, there's some speculation that the Vikings are trying to move on from Zadarius Smith, but until that happens, we got to kind of follow the money. And right now, with Daniel Hunter making 15 million and uh, Zadarius Smith making 13 million, I think Davenport's going to play in this case third fiddle and not not see a lot of uh, play. And uh, so I think his ADP right now of 62 is kind of a little higher than he should be t- being taken. Um, he did grade out really well. Um, when he played for the Saints last season with his rush productivity. Uh, he's been a pretty consistent player overall, uh, has had a battle through some injuries, but uh, that's kind of where I'm seeing Marcus Davenport at this time. Yeah, man, I hear you. It's it's really interesting. We'll have to circle back to Davenport, but uh, Evacetti, real quick, he's going into his second year with the Falcons. They didn't really add very many guys this offseason, and so that defensive line as a whole is going to need to work really hard to pressure the quarterback, and he himself didn't do great in his rookie year. Now, he was a rookie, so I don't think it's fair to expect him to do much more than what he did. So we're hoping for some development going into year two, but in a best ball league, when I'm looking for upside, I don't know if I would like to count on a player's development. I think I would prefer to see it from a guy that I've already seen do it. And so 
that's why I might be a little lower on him than most people are. Um, but for Davenport, I think for his his ADP right now, I think you're absolutely right. People are either worried that Zadaria Smith is going to stick around or they're anticipating Zadaria Smith being cut, which is why it fluctuates so wildly. But I'm really curious how you would rank these three guys. So let's go in here. Keep, trade, and cut them. I would keep Ebiketti. Um, I think he's a lottery ticket. I think he's got a clear path to snaps. I would put Chug at number or my trade, and I would cut Marcus Davenport. All right. You, I, uh, yeah, man, I, I think I have to go the opposite that you did here, and I, I love that we're disagreeing on this because I think that's where some of the best debate happens and some of the best information is shared. I love the upside that Marcus Davenport has at this ADP. I'm willing to be wrong that Zadari Smith actually somehow sticks around with the team, but all of the messaging that I've seen so far this offseason is that Smith is going to be gone. And as soon as Smith is cut or traded, Davenport's ADP is going to absolutely skyrocket. So I can, if I can get a guy that's that's way behind where his ADP is going to end up, I, I think that's really, really valuable. And like I said before, I don't want to gamble on a guy breaking out when I can take guys that have already done it. So I would probably keep Davenport, trade Okoronkwo, and probably cut Arnold Ebiketti. And again, I'm not actually cutting Arnold Ebiketti in my Dynasty League. I just think I would prefer those other two guys in a redraft best ball league compared to those first two. But let's go ahead and jump on over to the linebacker position. And our next three players are Giants, Micah McFadden, Chargers, Kenneth Murray, and Steelers, Elandon Roberts. Now, these three linebackers are being taken at 63, 64, and 65 at the position. So they are all back-to-back, but I don't see them that way. And so the first guy I'm going to talk about is Kenneth Murray. And yeah, he's being taken in the middle of the bunch, but I think his ADP is probably going to drop after they added Dayon Henley in the third round of this year's draft. I think one of the most important factors when it comes to projecting linebackers' points in any kind of, you know, fantasy format is looking at how that defense deploys their linebackers and so the the chargers run two linebackers 71 percent of the time and one linebacker 27 percent of the time but i think what's really important is that they run three linebackers at zero percent of their snaps and this is relative or i guess using last year's data they also ran zero linebackers two percent of the time which isn't a lot but it is notable and so the chargers don't really use their second guy all that often and i'm kind of speculative about Kenneth Murray even being that second guy because Dayon Henley could come in and challenge him for snaps at some point this season. But let's talk about Micah McFadden really quick because I'm curious what you think about him. I am all on Micah McFadden training this year. I think um, last year he definitely improved in his snaps from week nine to the end of the season. He was playing, um, you know, kind of behind uh, Jalen Smith there for a little bit and kind of learning the ropes. He saw some, um, some very nice spike games as the week, weeks went on. I know that the Giants added Bobby Okariki this season, so he's definitely going to dominate the linebacker snaps. But um, the Giants deploy two linebackers 65% of the time, and so um, I think there's enough availability there. He's going to get enough snaps and get enough run where he's going to be kind of fantasy relevant. And taking these linebackers at linebacker 63, 64, and 65, we're, we're, these are linebacker fives right now, so they're not weekly starters, and we're just looking for that lightning in a bottle, that lottery ticket, and I think I'm going to put my money down and hope for a good scratch off with Micah McFadden. I like it. Yeah, he's definitely got some of that pass rushing upside for sure. Uh, In the last game of the group of Landon Roberts, 
I know I personally am really high on him. My best ball exposure definitely is incriminating me with this one. And plus, I'm a Steelers fan, so you got to love the guy. I know you you and I were talking before the episode. Landon Roberts has been around for a while. He hasn't done a whole lot. But I have some confidence in how he's going to be used in Pittsburgh this season because the the Steelers use two linebackers 71% of the time, which is about the same as these other teams. They use one linebacker 21% of the time, which is in between these other teams. Actually, the lowest of the bunch, I should say. But they use three linebackers 8% of the time, whereas these other two teams don't use three three linebacker sets at all. And so basically, to to sum this all up, because it's a lot of numbers, I believe the Steelers are going to use their second linebacker more often than these other two teams will. And I do believe that Alandon Roberts is the second linebacker on the depth chart right now. They lost everyone last season, and they only added Cole Holcomb alongside Alandon Roberts. And so I think that as far as volume goes, he's got the best chance to produce. Now, what he does with those snaps, obviously, we can have some cause for concern, but I really do believe that he's got the highest floor. But how, how would you rank these three guys? I'm going to rank them just how they ha- are kind of right now going off the board with ADP. I'm going to um, keep Micah McFadden. I'm going to trade Kenneth Murray, and I'm going to cut Landon Roberts. How about you, Evan? I, what are you going to do with these three? Yeah, man, I, I love that we're disagreeing on this because because I think it, it's really entertaining for one, but it just goes to show why these best ball drafts are so interesting because there is no consensus especially this far down the board, because I think this is basically where the tier break is as far as linebackers that we have some semblance of confidence in that they can see valuable snaps. I would keep a Landon Roberts. I, I think I kind of exposed myself already as a, as a lover uh, of his you know upside, but Micah McFadden I'll probably trade because I think his floor is higher than Kenneth Murray. I don't believe there's a third guy on that Giants roster that can really beat him out for snaps unless you really like Darian Beavers. And Kenneth Murray... I'm kind of worried about his floor because Dan Henley could beat him out. And so I'd keep a Landon Roberts, trade Mike McFadden, and I would cut Kenneth Murray. Let's go and talk about DBs real quick. Some of these guys are, are really interesting as far as the ADP goes. If you scroll through that that ADP spreadsheet, I, I don't have a ton of super hot takes about a lot of these guys. Um, but this group of players right here that we're about to talk about is typically when I start to dip my toes into the DB water. But I'm notorious for really, really, really waiting on DBs. So for some of you listeners, these guys might show up as your DB3, DB4, even DB5. And the group of three guys that we're talking about is Trent McDuffie from the Chiefs, who's going as DB38, Pat Sertan from the Broncos, who's going at 39, and Kenny Moore from the Colts, who's going at 40. Now, Pat Sertan, I think, is the odd one out. He's an outside cornerback, and I think one of the reasons why he's being drafted where he's drafted is because listeners believe that he's the most talented player of the bunch. He's kind of got that Sauce Gardner effect, and Sauce Gardner is going way, way too high in these best ball drafts, partially because his sleeper ADP is really high, but also partially because he just got defensive rookie of the year. Everybody thinks he's really good, and they're right. He absolutely is, but does he deserve to be drafted in these best ball drafts? Then I think what's valuable to look at here is how these players perform relative to a replacement level player, because you don't just need this player to score some points or score them consistently, you need them to score enough points to make them have a difference on your starting roster. And so I looked at how many points these guys scored above 10 per week that they actually played snaps. And Pat Sertan scored more than 10 points six times out of 17 opportunities to do that, which is 35%, which is, spoilers, lowest for these group of three guys. And he did that at 8.6 points per game, which is also the lowest 
out of these three guys. So that's why I'm not super, super high on him. But Trent McDuffie is a really exciting player that I know Jake Colhagen is a lot of love for. I'm starting to fall in love with, and I have a feeling you like him too, Jeff. So let's hear what you think about him. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think you were right when you hit it on the head when you started this segment off with how uh, if you are going to punt on a defense or on an IDP portion, uh, corners and safeties are definitely the space to go. They're such volatile from year to year. They're such a turnover. And uh, you're just trying to look for that upside guy. And I think when you hit these ADPs of 38, 39, 40, this is right in that wheelhouse to to really make some money in these these drafts. So I'm um, kind of getting to Trip McDuffie love a lot lately. Um, he played 885 snaps last season. He played 35 of them in the first nine weeks. And so everything after that came from week 10 on all the way to their run to the Super Bowl. And he clearly had an amazing run after that. Um, he started taking over some snaps in that really um, luxurious need role, and especially during the playoffs. And I think that speaks volume to him as a player to be a rookie, to be trusted in that role, especially when the stakes are the highest in the Super Bowl. And he, he scored really, really well um, through PFF grades in the playoffs and even in the Super Bowl, tackling efficiency, defensive grades. He just did really well. So I really see him going forward as like kind of that cheat code and being a, a, a corner here. I think in leagues that are um, scoring that way with a, a dual or like that being just a, a corner or a safety league, but um, dual designation where they're separated. Yeah. Like Duffy is a cheat code. He's like by far um, going to out, outdo his ADP of 38. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Those cornerback required leagues make him so much more valuable especially relative to Pat Sertan. And the third guy here, Kenny Moore, I feel bad him taking as, you know, DB40. He just came off a season in 2021 where he was absolutely dominating and winning people leagues. And maybe there's a little bit of bad taste in people's mouth because they probably overdrafted him this past year. But I really think that they are now underrating him because of his injuries last season. He could have scored more points if he didn't miss so many games, but he scored more than 10 points five times. But here's the catch. That was out of 12 eligible games. So that's actually at a rate of 42%, and he got 9.1 points per game. And I think what's really interesting about Kenny Moore and Trent McDuffie is where they play their snaps. Pat Sertan is an outside corner, which is a more valuable position in the NFL. But Kenny Moore and Trent McDuffie spend a lot of time in the slot, especially for Trent McDuffie after he made that switch with LeJarius Sneed. And when, uh, when DBs line up in the slot, they tend to have a much higher tackle efficiency than when they line up outside. So I also really quickly want to talk about Trent McDuffie's, you know, he, he scored more than 10 points five times as well. That was out of 13 eligible games, including the playoffs. 38%, that's pretty good. And both of those numbers are better than Pat Sertan. So I, I think you can kind of get an idea of how I feel about these players and how I'd rank them. But I want you to go first just for the surprise factor. Yeah. And I think uh, Sertan is kind of a victim of his own success. Like, I think he's by far probably the most talented of these three. And I think he gets that treatment. Like, if I'm a quarterback, am I going to go against the guy that's being lined up against Sertan, or am I going to go against Raul Darby? Like, you know, exactly. He's probably not going to see as many targets. Not that I want to put him on the the Daryl Rivas Island kind of level yet, but I think you know, like he's clearly the more talented player. So, um, not to give it away, but to uh, McDuffie's going to be my keep, obviously. And I think Kenny Moore has a nice back bounce back season, so he's my trade. And Sertan, just because of being too good and not getting enough looks and opportunity, he's going to be my cut. I'm glad we finally agree on one, because I'm I'm in lockstep with you. Trent McDuffie and Kenny Moore, I, I, I see is really similar. I would love to draft both of them, but McDuffie tends to get taken a lot higher. 
And then Pat Sertan, I, I, I'm fading him. I don't think I'd take him anywhere near the top 50 DBs. So I, I'm totally with you on this one. Let's go ahead and jump back, actually, and talk about another group of defensive linemen, these guys going significantly later. Now, me personally, I load up on linebackers and defensive linemen, usually for the first half of my drafts. Then I'll finish off with DBs. But this group of three guys, they are very much at the tail end of defensive linemen that I'll draft. Because after players like these guys go, I am probably not taking guys to the position anymore. And we've got a little bit more separation in ADP between them. We've got the Tennessee edge rusher Rashad Weaver going as the 86th defensive lineman. The Chicago newly signed edge or defensive tackle because he kind of plays both. Demarcus Walker going as defensive lineman 96. And then the Rams defensive tackle Michael Hoyt going at DL 105. And so really quickly, I want to talk about Rashad Weaver because I I really don't like where he's being drafted. And it's kind of funny that I say that because he's going so late in drafts, but I'm not sure if I really want him at all because to me, he's really a jag. He's just a guy. He got work last year because of Bud Dupree and Harrison or Harold Landry. Harold Landry. Yeah, because of Harold Landry's injuries. And, and so he's a backup. He's not a terrible football player, but he had a 5.1 pass rush productivity grade and a 58.8 run defense grade. And for those of you guys following along at home, those are pretty low. And so I don't think that he's the kind of a player that's really going to make a difference for you. And I don't really see him getting as many snaps as he did last year because Harold Landry's coming back and, you know, maybe he gets the other side of the defensive line. But there's a lot of players that could also take those snaps away from him because I don't believe that the team is sold on giving him a starter workload. So that aside, I I wonder what you think about Michael Hoyt because he's been getting a little bit of love lately and I'm kind of curious why. I think he should be getting a lot more love. Um, I think the the Rams defensive unit as a whole is going to be just abysmal. Um, I think they lost like six of their top snap guys from last year. Like everyone was either traded or like going free agency. So I just think that's going to just be on the field a lot. And I can see Michael Hoyt with his um, ADP of 105 smashing that right now. Um, he plays next to Aaron Donald. So obviously Donald's going to draw a lot of attention to him. Um, Hoyt going into his third year has improved in his mark from year one to year two. So we're looking for that, like almost like that third year breakout. I know he's not a wide receiver breaking out, but he still has that that growth. He's going into his body a little bit. He's got two years in the at NFL weight room and nutrition. And I just think that he is just really ready to smash that 105 ADP. So looking at these other two guys, like I would, it would be no brainer for me who to take here. What about uh, our last boy here, our... Uh, Demarcus Walker, how are your feelings on him, Evan? Yeah, man, Demarcus Walker is another one of those guys that that I have a really high exposure to uh, because for the same reason, right, as as the Rams, the Bears really don't have anybody on that defensive line. And them bringing in Demarcus Walker, I think, was their attempt to just solve all their problems. Now, hopefully they're not, you know, dumb enough to actually think that bringing in one guy is going to completely turn around that team. But Demarcus Walker has been a productive player. And him going to a defense that desperately needs his skills has to be a sign for success. Now, compared to those other three guys, he has the highest pass rush productivity grade of nine point or sorry, seven point nine. And he also has the highest run defense grade of sixty-eight point seven. So again, those grades aren't everything, but I do think that they're a good reflection of the kind of talent that a player has and what they can do with opportunity. And so we're trying to project opportunity and we're trying to determine 
what they'll do with that opportunity given the talent that they have. So Demarcus Walker landing on that Chicago Bears defensive line, I I really believe that he has a chance to outperform his current ADP. So I'm going to throw it to you real quick because I think you spoiled your first guy maybe, but oh, I'm curious who you have your second and your third. Um, I'm actually going to go opposite of the list of the ADP currently right now. I'm going to go uh, Michael Hoyt at 105. I'm going to take Demarcus Walker at ADP 96 as my trade. Um, ha- having him having dual eligibility also kind of makes him a little sneaky value there too if you're playing leagues that break those down. And then like you said, uh, Rashad Weaver coming in at 86 is a jag. He's, yeah, not for me. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I'm definitely in agreement about Rashad Weaver being the cut. I love those dual eligible guys. And so the difference between Demarcus Walker and Michael Hoyt is close. Hoyt is more of a defensive tackle. Demarcus Walker is more of an edge rusher. So I might have to just give the tiebreaker to Walker because I think that he has a chance to be a little more efficient. But it's not significant enough that I really care. I'd be happy with either player. But just for the disagreement factor, I'm going to keep Demarcus Walker, trade Michael Hoyt, and cut Rashad Weaver. And again, with these guys' ADPs being where they're at, you're not investing... I mean, these are like late round guys, almost at the very end of your drafts. And if you're taking these guys, you're you're not investing anything or losing out on anyone else. So, exactly, pure upside, and that's all you're focusing on, right? Um, let's go ahead and jump into our last group of guys, some linebackers that are being taken very high in these drafts, as high as round three and round four. And these three players are going back to back. We've got Pete Werner going as linebacker twenty-one, Zaven Collins going as linebacker 22, and the Chargers' new linebacker, Eric Kendricks, going as linebacker 23. Now, the first guy I want to talk about is Eric Kendricks because we've already discussed the Chargers previously on this episode talking about how they use their linebackers. And while they don't use their linebacker 2 very often, they definitely give their linebacker 1 a crap ton of snaps. Just look at Drew Tranquil last year. He got so much volume. Eric Kendricks, I believe, is a much better player than Drew Tranquil. And while he had a bit of a down year last year, I have to believe that he is not washed. And so I think he's going to be really efficient with the snaps that he gets. And I am really confident in his ability to produce linebacker one numbers at a linebacker two price. What do you think about Zayvon Collins? And and I think there's a new update with him. So I'm excited for you to share that. Yeah, so if you're anywhere on the on the DeBird, you'll know that uh, Zayvon Collins has been lining up doing some practice snaps at defensive line. And so with that possible eligibility change there for him, and I thought that Sleeper kind of had him listed already as a linebacker defensive end, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so if that's the case, he, he smashes this ADP of 22 right now with a linebacker. If he's got that upside, um, again, we've a lot of speculation here and things like that, but I think Arizona's team is going to be garbage especially with Kyle Murray off the field and I just think that defense is going to be on the field a significant amount of time and you know third quarter fourth quarter teams are up they're just going to be running the ball and I think Collins just soaks up just a ton of tackles so if you play in a tackle heavy league uh, Collins is going to uh, be a, a major benefit for that so what do you think about our boy that shares the uh, linebacking duties with Mario Davis Mr. Pete Werner yeah, I love Pete Werner, but I don't love him this much. <laughs> I, I still see him as the number two behind the Saints, and I'm pretty sure the Saints see that as well, which is more important than what I think. Uh, they've got a new defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, who is formerly of the Browns. And so previously, before Joe Woods was in town, the Saints didn't really use their linebacker two at a at a high rate. Now, is 
a decent amount, but it wasn't 100%. It wasn't 90%. It was more like in the 80s. And now with Joe Woods coming to town, I mean, those of you guys that tried to use Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa or any of those other Browns linebackers last year, Jacob Phillips, I mean, it was it was an absolute mess. Now, I don't think it's going to be that messy for the Saints this year because a lot of that mess was driven by injuries for the Browns. But I do believe that they are going to use their linebacker two at a less than ideal rate. And so now the question becomes efficiency. And I don't really want to gamble on Pete Werner continuing to be an efficient player. Now, can he do it? Absolutely, he can. But we're talking about linebacker twos here. We've got Zayvon Collins and Eric Kendricks, both of which are 100% snap players. And we've got Pete Werner, who is not a 100% snap player, but somebody we're hoping to be efficient. I don't think that gambling on efficiency with your linebacker two spot is something that you really want to do. And so while I like Pete Werner, I think this ADP is probably a little bit rich. And so with your love for Zayvon Collins and his upside and his dual eligibility, are you going to keep him or do you like Eric Kendricks enough to prefer him to Zayvon Collins? I'm definitely going to keep him as with that possible position change. Uh, I think that upside is just way too valuable, especially in leagues, especially if you can get him late compared to other um, players who are going to score as well at the defensive end position. So I'm definitely going to take Collins as my keep. I'm going to trade Eric Hendricks. Um, I think there's a reason they let him go in Minnesota. Um, Money obviously is one thing, but he's kind of been slipping a lot, especially in his pass coverage and things like that. So I think it was a... the emergence of Brian Osamoa, I think it was just made it easy for the Vikings to let Kendricks go. So I think there's a, definitely a reason why he's he's gone. And then uh, I'm with you with Pete Werner being kind of the, the second fiddle there in New Orleans. What are you thinking there, Evan? How do you got him ranked? Yeah, man, I'm still thinking about this. I'm I'm with you on Pete Werner. I think we, we flesh that out as to why he's the third guy. And don't get me wrong, he's got great upside. Like, if you take him there, you're not going to lose the league. I just... I would prefer to go somewhere else. Zayvon Collins and Eric Kendricks. I think when I started talking about these three guys, I was team Eric Kendricks. But now that I think about it a little more, the drop-off in production from defensive line, I think happens sooner than the drop-off in production at linebacker. And I think I'm more okay with missing out on Eric Kendricks because I can get cheaper guys later. But man, if Zayvon Collins becomes what he's capable of or what I think he's capable of as an edge rusher... Uh, man, that's going to be hard to miss on. So I think I got to go with keeping Zayvon Collins, trading Eric Kendricks, and cutting Pete Werner. How do you feel about that? Felt the same way. Awesome. Well, listeners, that's it. We covered all the guys we wanted to talk about. And again, I, I can't say this enough. This ADP sheet is is just awesome. I, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, but like the data comes from Sleeper. The data comes from these drafts that we've been running. So I'm just kind of presenting it in a way that's fun to look at. And there is so much more in the IDP show draft kit than just this ADP. It's actually stupid. It's the best in the industry. I have zero doubts about that. And so if you haven't gotten yourself a premium subscription to the idpshow.com, do that. Please do that right now. It, it's going to absolutely revolutionize the way you play IDP. It's going to be a total cheat code. So go ahead and check that out. And uh, and then we'll close this episode off in just a sec, Jeff. But uh, what else did you want to add real quick at the end here if there was anything? Yeah, I totally agree, Evan. Um, you do deserve patting on the back for this. This It's absolutely game-changing. For somebody who even like knows a lot about IDP and things like that, you're just looking at such more current information than like a booklet or a manual or, you know, it's like real time. So you're getting to see like where these guys are going and you can sort and all this stuff by like most recent drafts and things like that. You just find like those little loophole guys that aren't being noticed right now that you can really capitalize later in drafts and things like that. So kudos to you man that's awesome yeah man and kudos to you for what you've done for this uh, draft kit as well man this is 
this thing is absolutely loaded. And so listeners, go ahead and check that out. But in the meantime, thank you for checking out this episode. If you have questions about the players that we talked about, or if you want us to keep trade cut some other guys that you've got in your roster and you just can't figure out what you want to do with them, shoot us a message over at Twitter. You can find me at IDPEvan, and you can find Jeff at BooBam131. So thank you guys for listening in. We'll catch you next week when we begin our division preview episodes. But until next time, peace out. This was the IDP After Show. <laughs> <laughs>